This is Millennially Speaking, a podcast about politics, pop culture, and everything in between. I'm David Latimer, and welcome back, Sherelle. Hello. How are, are you? I am great. That's I'm good. glad you're back. Yes, I'm back a new woman. I'm a college graduate. You are. Congratulations, <laughs> and I'm very happy that you are here and now have a degree. Yes, thank you. So I can back up my political talk. That's exactly. You are, I am now certified to talk about politics. So Boom. Exactly. So what I wanted to talk about today to start is impeachment. Impeachment. Well, it like now it don't sound too excited. Um, It's starting to heat up a little bit more um, talks of impeachment. So the biggest development in that is that ex White House counsel Don McGahn did not testify in front of the I believe it was the House yeah, committee. he was supposed to testify. He was supposed to testify today. To, we're, we're taping this on Wednesday, or no, Tuesday. It was mm-hmm. almost Wednesday. It's <laughs> late. Um, but we we're he was supposed to testify in front of them at the Judiciary Committee, and he just didn't show up. And the reason he didn't show up is apparently because Trump told him not to. He had a hall pass. So <laughs> the, the whole thought now is that this is another example of him potentially obstructing justice. Yeah, he's actually... Well... I wouldn't say obstructing justice. He is exercising his power. It's right. just crazy because all of these rights are given to a president, but never had to have been used before. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, let me go into this old treasure chest and find out what I can use and actually use it. And it's kind of scary. Well, I'm just so for me personally, I'm still in the camp of similar to Barr in if there's no underlying crime Anything he does, you know, to quote unquote cover up Mm -hmm. the crime doesn't matter so much. And yeah, while this kind of thing could to some people look fishy or suspicious, if he didn't interfere with the election at the behest of the Russians or with help from the Russians, why does anything he does after that matter? Because we are so frustrated because we really swore that this Mueller report was going to just release everything and we're going to have the facts and the evidence behind it to say that Trump coordinated, not collusion or anything, right. but coordinated with Russia. So when these when this Mueller report came out and it had the result that it did, we're like, okay, if he blinks the wrong way, we need to get him impeached. Like, we need to get this man out of office. Right, but doesn't that just prove the whole notion that this was a quote-unquote witch hunt that the president has been and his supporters have been calling? Unfortunately, I mean, it does. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Trump, he he skated around it. He skated around getting caught. And he did his crime very, very particular and precise and that's how he got away with this well he, but it's, it's like morally we know what he did but i guess empirically like we can't prove anything because he did it right well because he had other people do his bidding like he had michael cohen do some things and, and michael um, cohen is now freaking yeah he's in reaping. jail yeah he's exactly. in jail and, and he, he was he was really trying not to be but he was i i felt i almost felt bad for that man actually mm, no, i looked a little <laughs> desperate but that's just me oh god but my thing is, and I actually, tonight, Beto O'Rourke is doing a town hall on CNN, Yay. and he uh, he actually, he specifically was asked a question about impeachment. Do you think we need to start impeachment hearings or, or you know, to, to start that process? And how that he process. respond to that? Well, he said that, yes, he said that we should start 
impeachment, but as he likes to do, he also sort of walked the line of, well, if he did the thing, then we should impeach, but, and if they decide that, okay, Beto, okay, you can be whoever you want to whoever. But But Mama Pelosi is not for it, though. No, not yet, and that's, that's the most interesting thing, is that I think this could be a turning point for her, Mm -hmm. Um, and I think she's starting to think about it a little more i don't think she ever wanted him impeached though no because because she understands and she's been around a long time so she understands that impeachment is so polarizing exactly and that's another thing that i i referred back to previous episodes when i mentioned old school democrats and that's what we need right now is people that really understand the political system and i I have to say that I agree with Pelosi on the whole impeachment process. I'm not impeaching Trump. Like, I I like the fact that she's like, let me work with the president. Mm -hmm. Because he's the president. You know what I mean? And either way, we're not... It's just not going to be different. And if we get somebody else in office, if we get Pence or whoever else is next in line, it's going to be terrible. So let's work with what we have. I mean, she worked with him with the wall and everything, and he still didn't want to work with her. So let's hope that... Well, because I I don't think that those negotiations were in good faith. I don't think that (laughs) neither... Pelosi and Schumer were not going to allow the wall to happen and Trump was and Trump was not going to let up on getting a wall. So those negotiations were (laughs) were dumb anyway. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, he is also sort of following in Pelosi's footsteps. He's sort of being cautious about it. And he's uh, he has a quote here. I don't think we're there at this point in time regarding impeachment. Right. Which it's echoing the exact same thing that everybody's been saying. Exactly. Which I to me. I just don't understand. They've been talking about impeachment and Russia and all this stuff. And if at this point we're still not at a point where top Democrat leaders think it's ready for impeachment, Mm -hmm. then why is it even on the table? Why is it even being talked about? I mean, Amash, I think he really brought it back out again because everyone's like, whoa, this is a Republican Senate. Don't roll your eyes. It's a Republican senator who is very very avid about well but justin amash called for impeachment i believe back in like 2017 he was never a trump supporter actually Uh, exactly i'm about to rip the republican card from him (laughs) he's about to get the honestly i I kind of agree i don't really um see like a a republican in him in his like views and everything well obviously because he's not in lockstep with the rest of them yeah and well it's not even just the trump thing like after hearing about him being so persistent on wanting trump to be impeached i was like oh like let me see what the senator's about and i don't really think that he's a republican so he might as well come over to the dark side oh man well at least you're calling it the dark side (laughs) all right now my my thing is so so going back to trump's actions he specifically told don mcgann not to testify And he also is not responding to any subpoenas or anything. Can you see from his perspective, just potentially. Whose perspective, though? From Trump's. Okay. If that he did not collude with the Russians, if he did not commit this thing that everyone says he did for the last several years. If he didn't, like, can you understand why he would say, I'm done with this and I'm not even going to respond to subpoenas anymore because I'm sick of it? Okay. From my political science point of view, yes, I can see why he's like, why are you bothering me with this? Mm -hmm. We have so many issues internationally that we need to deal with. Why are you trying to cause uproar within internally? Mm -hmm. So I get that politically speaking. But then the constituent to me is just like, bruh, you need to tell your people what's up. You know what I mean? But 
like I said, politically speaking, there's too much going on right now for us to have an internet or an internal uproar within our own country. We've already been having an internal uproar the last two years with the the Russia investigation. But look what it's done with us internationally. I mean, do you think that, do you think Democrats are going to make this a sticking point for 2020, the impeachment idea? Like, I know, obviously, 2020, Trump's up for re-election. But do you think that if Trump does not win, or or, or if Trump does win, oh, I mean, Trump, yeah. that, that the impeachment thing that, that Democrats are going to, or Democrat voters are going to turn on leaders like Pelosi for well, not I, impeaching. I actually think that if Trump was to win the 2020 election, Pelosi would actually want an impeachment. Because I, this is just personally, I don't think that she thinks that he's going to win in 2020. Right, That's but I, why I think she's so... Let just we have a we have a year left. Let us just ride out. Like that's my view on and it. And look, I'm not even like the most ardent Trump supporter. I'm just saying that like that just adds to his narrative of it's a witch hunt oh, because after he wins gosh. an election, the whole the whole it's like, gonna get worse. Yeah, well, I'm the sure whole, Mueller will come out with another report. So the whole witch hunt thing is predicated on the idea that Democrats were unhappy with the outcome of the election, so they're trying to remove him. From a, a lawfully won election. So if Pelosi decides after Trump potentially wins 2020, that just even more so looks like the witch hunt that everyone has claimed it is. Here's the thing. It no looks, one it just looks said worse. anything about voter fraud until Trump came into pre- or Trump became a candidate. Well, there, I think there was always like small little whisperings, was, but, but it was, was never a it big. It was never like a huge part of an. Uh, a campaign. I don't anything. think it was like a platform issue. <laughs> exactly. And then Trump made it seem like Russia was just it, he made it seem like we have the most unorganized voter system. He made it seem as if we all write a name on a piece of paper and throw it in there mm. and then some sneaky counter is coming in, taking those names out and putting his name in. Right. And that's, and those that's sneaky a, people were Russians. That, that's <laughs> another issue entirely of how much voter fraud is there actually and voter fraud is nearly impossible at least in in the form that republicans keep talking about i mean i'm not sure how the south works because the south is a few centuries behind (laughs) but just kidding no shade but where um, are you going tomorrow (laughs) you need to mind your business (laughs) (laughs) she's going to georgia i am going to georgia i'm going to the devil went down to georgia yeehaw but anyhow, it's it's also like Trump country out there. But I don't know. I mean, I, I really feel because right now I feel I know this sounds awful. I'm not someone that um, is for impeachment of elected officials. And I know that sounds terrible. I said before with the Virginia governor who decided to go blackface. I also said that he shouldn't go through. Well, they don't go through an impeachment, but like a step down or anything. I just don't think that I feel as if when you elect somebody to be your elected official you're going with them with the good and the bad it's like when you marry someone for the better or worse so that's i mean kind as of, long as long as they don't commit crimes and yeah mm. but i mean it's kind of like which trump did not i'm drinking <laughs> <laughs> so what i want to talk about now is something in current pop culture which has to do with uh, a show on PBS. So I know you've heard of Arthur, correct? Yes. So the season premiere that just came out, I believe it was last week or whenever it was, featured one of the teachers, Mr. Ratburn, I believe was yes. his name. Um, he was marrying a man. And the, the whole episode actually sort of dealt with 
that in terms of the perspective from the kids and and the wedding ceremony of Mm -hmm. Mr. Ratburn to a man. Okay. And a lot of people are upset about it, obviously, because it's a kid's show and they're portraying gay marriage. And a lot of people, especially on the right, are saying... It's too much. Well, it's indoctrination and you're... Keep it, you know, why are the kids being shown this? And in fact, I don't know if you saw this, Alabama PBS stations actually banned the viewing Alabama is not is no longer a part of the United States of America is Alabama canceled it is canceled (laughs) Alabama is on its own island who is she she? (laughs) oh my gosh this is actually I mean but how like how do you feel about shows like Arthur um starting to sort of deal with social issues like that in the direction that our country is going in I don't know which person of me is speaking towards this but in the in the direction our country is going in, I feel like we need to. We kind of need to expose. We have Pete Buttigieg, who is a Democratic candidate running for president, who is openly gay. Mm. So in a sense, it's kind of like, okay, like we need to let our youth know that that, that, that is socially acceptable. The Supreme Court said it. They recognize gay marriage. It's okay if a guy, a man and a man are married and a woman, a woman is married. Um, and I feel like there shouldn't be an age limit on it because a man and a man can adopt a kid and have that kid call Mm. them dad and dad. So why not? And I'm sure that um, kids of gay parents were really excited for that episode. And at the same time though, it also makes me think about um, the case where it was, I think it's like Boy Scouts versus Dale. And it was the case of the um, Boy Scouts actually sued a, what's it called? A troop leader because he was openly gay. And actually the Boy Scouts won. And this was a case that happened like what 2000 something it was a while ago because it's like 2006 well yeah because since then in the last about five years they've pretty much about faced on almost all of those bands like the gay youth the gay leaders and trans youth Mm -hmm. and then obviously they let girls in right um so i mean they're and that's the thing this kind of thing is changing very quickly in terms of not only like policy but public perception okay so i think there's a lot less at least you know excluding Alabama, there's a lot less outrage about this kind of thing happening. Um, And not just like social issues like that. Um, In recent years, Sesame Street, and basically throughout its entire 50-year history, Sesame Street has done a lot of sort of, I don't want to say edgy, but like social issues. (laughs) Like Like, letting you know that everyone is okay well, everyone's different. Exactly, and that's the idea because kids are exposed to a lot of things. Like um, I know recently they've had several characters on... Sesame Street, one has autism, one has a parent who's in prison, one has somebody that's homeless, and there's another that has uh, foster parents. Okay, well, that's So like under- also... understanding all of those aspects. Right, and Barbie has done the same thing. When Barbie, there's short Barbie, there's Barbie in a wheelchair, there's, you know, thicker Barbie. So right. I think that PBS actually is, it's very progressive for its... I don't want to say it for its time. 2019 is a very progressive time. Well, that's is it progressive or is it just showing another side of people? It's just people that aren't necessarily like taking, everyone. Well, both, because I think it's taking the progressive step of showing people. There are a lot of people that are still anti, you know, gay, clearly anti-abortion, anti like a lot of things. So I think that we're trying to. <sighs> shut up (laughs) i think that we're pbs is doing a great job at trying to normalize it so when a child sees it a child doesn't have to look and say mommy why is that man with another man a child can be like oh i saw that on arthur they're married 
They have a son. They're this. They're that. And he's a teacher. He's successful. So good for PBS for doing that. And good for Arthur because I've always loved that show. I just giggle because I wonder now that you mentioned it. Should Sesame Street now have a character that has an abortion? Oh, (laughs) my God. (laughs) I feel like that would be a very, very depressing episode. They do a lot of social things. um, And there was actually one episode from, I think this was back as far as maybe the 80s. I could be wrong. One episode that Sesame Street actually made that they never released. And that was about divorce. Because kids weren't like quite understanding the concept from the episode. But I mean, they've been doing this for several years. And and, it's part of their DNA is to do social issues and, and to do it right. Because they said they wouldn't release that episode because they didn't get it right. And kids were confused in the end. So hmm. so we will only do the things that kids get and make sense. I feel like so, that would be a great episode. I, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what it was. Like, PBS uh, is before it's time. Uh, Sesame Street for sure. Well, now yeah. it's HBO, so they get to do whatever they want. Yeah. Mm. Gosh, we just don't need any sex scenes, guys. Keep oh, it Lord. G. Let's keep it very G. <laughs> So lastly, what I'd like to talk about is pregnancy and maternity leave. Right, which is a good thing. So so recently this came up because Amy Schumer, you know, she just had a baby. It, we, I think the world knows because she showed up to the Met Gala while, or on her way to the hospital. Yeah, well. Yeah. Pregnant AF. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's one of those that sort of put it all out there, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but she she just had her baby. She had sort of a difficult pregnancy, but. Nevertheless, she decided to get back out there after only two weeks off. Power to her. And she she posted a picture of herself at the Comedy Cellar in New York City to perform. She captioned the picture, I'm back. And she's getting a lot of hate online. Several people have said, uh, here's a quote. She says, um, Jesus, Amy, let the stitches dissolve first. And somebody added, like, I can still smell your placenta. Take a damn break. I mean, so, so first of all, how do you feel about maternity leave in terms of when should a woman go back? I'm I'm gonna defer to you <laughs> as a woman as a as a woman. Uh, well, as a woman who's never had a child or has been pregnant in her life, I feel like that as we've seen in recent um, you know female news, no one can tell a woman what to do with her body. No one can say. Well, Alabama can try. <laughs> they can try, but doesn't mean they'll succeed. And I, I think it, it's tough because I've never been pregnant. I never had a baby. So I can't necessarily say like, oh, yeah, like I was ready to go in a week or so. And But um, if she was ready and she's been okayed by her doctors or, you know, felt it, then go for it. Why not? I mean, obviously, I know some people... You can't take the internet seriously, but <laughs> some people that would comment on that picture are, I know, doing it in sincerity, wanting her to make sure she's, like, taking time off to make sure she's, like, okay. doing the right thing for her baby, but I know there's plenty more that are just being trolls. Listen, the internet will tell you that two plus two is five, so... <laughs> and we'll fight you over it. Exactly. I'm just, like, I, I know that those people... The, the trolls you just have to discount them but it's still there's the fact that they are saying something that that mm-hmm. people are criticizing her for not taking somebody somebody mentioned they should take a minimum of six weeks right but she only went back after two i mean i kind of see i don't know if i'm taking this from the wrong perspective but from my perspective it's kind of like okay you just had this baby maternity leave isn't only just for 
like you have to remember after having a baby there's postpartum then there's um it's also the time that you get to learn your baby and you get to like you've had this thing inside of you for nine months like you only spent two weeks with it when you had the opportunity to take six weeks or more so I feel like if anything other women on the internet are more upset with it because it's like okay us that work those everyday jobs that only can have those six weeks off or three months off and you're taking two weeks and going back when you don't have to I mean well and not just that but she went back to do a night of stand-up that's not a nine-to-five job funny oh my god <laughs> That is, a, that is another debate, but uh, she went back to doing stand-up, which is one night, a couple hours at most, and then you're back home. You left the newborn, which doesn't really do a whole lot, just sleeps yeah. a lot and cries a lot, with the the dad. So, I mean, why does that matter? It's not, again, it's not like she went back to her regular nine-to-five job where she's gone all day and doesn't see the baby. Right. She went out for one night, and I'm sure after being pregnant for a long time, Getting back to, like, what you do feels good, especially because you have that freedom to be able to do it for one night and then maybe step back and go back home and take care of the kid. I mean, yeah, I do agree. And like you said, she doesn't have that nine to five. She has that, like, a few hours. But um, I don't know. I also feel like this was maybe her um, attempt at normalizing pregnancy. I feel like sometimes when people see pregnant women, we handicap them. And we do treat women differently. Exactly. So I feel like at the same time that as a woman speaking and seeing this, I was like, okay, like she's trying to normalize it. But is it going to be that thing where it gets so normalized that it's like, okay, like you can, if Amy Schumer took two weeks off, you can take two weeks off. And like you said, what different, what makes it different is that it's a few hours of you working versus a woman that's doing nine to five, five days a week. But is, it, is that also potentially on the other hand, is it? Uh, pointing out her wealth and privilege because she's able to regardless like her career is such that she can do these short little stints and make a good amount of money and even if regardless of what her position is she has the money to afford the care while yeah. she's away and that, that's even if the dad's thing. not taking care of it, i don't know what her situation is when she's doing stand-up but yeah but let's call it like it is i mean this woman she got like what 25 million or like 15 million for just doing a netflix special Ugh, undeserved so, yeah, way undeserved and monique spoke on that which we'll say that for another time but um so i mean i, I do see where you're coming with the, the whole privilege thing you it's just completely different and my fear is that companies are going to try to normalize it because i don't want to say because amy schumer did it but the next you know celebrities they follow other celebrities so the mm-hmm. next celebrity does it if angelina jolie does it it's over we well, all got to go back to work after a week exactly well i also think that like in the end regardless of her status as a person it's up to every individual how they feel about when it's right to go back to work when it's right to go back to life i mean right. you can't tell a woman no you're not ready when she feels ready you know exactly i mean I, I feel like the government's already trying to control women alone so but and it's weird i 50 50 with it i feel a part where i'm like commending her for what she's doing um, i'm actually for her weird pictures that she uploads on instagram because breastfeeding to men is still like the giant sin but at the same time it's it's normal it's life and the other part of me is just kind of like, whoa, like the whole, like you're, you're not the average woman and you can try as hard. You may look average, but you're not average. Yikes. Shade. <laughs> uh, I just, I think that it's a little bit undeserved, the the sort of hate that she's getting, but 
you got to take it for what it is. It's internet troll. You, exactly. you, you can't take it as like everyone is now actually starting a debate and a conversation about, well, should women go back to work at this point? They're just trolls. Make sure Alabama doesn't get a hold of the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll be like, yes, women. After one day of spending chi- time with your child, you must go back to work and work your nine to five. Well, does Alabama even know who Amy Schumer is? Alabama isn't part of America. That's right. <laughs> Annex. It's been gone. <laughs> All right, it's that time. So what would you like to get off your chest? Off my chest. What are we doing in Iran? That's a good question. Are we at war or no? I mean, it's been a year since we've been a year and some change since we've been out of the Iran nuclear deal. Mm -hmm. What's good? Are we just walking around Iran? Well, there's so much going on right now in news. I don't really know. And they're no not even because we're all obsessed with Don McGann. We're not yeah, talking exactly. about Iran, and that's a problem. But we have Iran. Then we have this war with China. Like, am I going to have to pay twenty dollars for a box of cereal? I need I need answers to my questions. I'm a little frustrated. I mean, you could take it up with Trump, but I don't <laughs> think he'll. Nancy Pelosi's my president until further notice. Mm. I don't think she knows what's up either. What's good, Pelosi? Oh, the shade. I don't think she knows what's up. <laughs> what about you? What's on your chest? I have um, one glorious thing. I'm shocked. So if you know me, I am not a fan of two shows in particular that yeah. just so happen to have ended within a few days of each other this past week. <gasps> Both Game of Thrones and The Big Bang Theory both completed their long, long runs Too this long. past week. I think The Big Bang Theory is annoying. Uh, it's it's kind of like just caricature, like caricature, weird character types that like don't have a whole lot of substance to them, and and the jokes are kind of just like, oh, I said something smart so it's funny i feel the same way yeah like i i mean the jokes are kind of silly because the people are are so absurd but like funny as the audience makes them no they're not and they're not as like the characters are not that deep and and from what i read i did not watch the finale because i could not care less (laughs) but i read into what the plot is didn't do it for me in terms of what a finale is supposed to be mm-hmm. and everyone's favorite or least favorite dragon show game of thrones <laughs> ended on sunday and all i can say about that is i'm glad it's over so it can stop winning all of the awards and taking up all of my time at the emmys because yes. i'm so sick of it winning year after year after year that and i'll also give a shout out to veep is ending and modern mm-hmm. family is ending because both of those have modern? also been like hogging the awards at the Emmys, and I'm I sick agree. Of it. I agree. I actually thought Modern Family ended like five years ago. No, That's it's ending next year. So wow. excited! You know, finito. <laughs> Game of Thrones has been along for so long. I feel and... like it's been longer than it is. It was only been around since 2011. Wow! And I actually just found out this actually within about two weeks ago what got stood for. Game of Thrones. I would see it everywhere. Where you been? I, at the Phillies game, they had it. At the at Dunkin' Donuts, they have it. Everywhere is Game of Thrones, and I don't watch Game of Thrones, so. I'm so glad that you're on my side, that we're yeah. not watching Game of Thrones. But you know what? I'm happy that everyone got to watch the end of their dragon show, but I'm sorry, it's not for me. Game of Thrones is over. Time to grow up. And that's all for this edition of Millennially Speaking. I'm David Latimer. And I'm Cheryl Boyer. Be sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And if you like this podcast, share us with your friends. We're also on Instagram at millennially underscore speaking and on YouTube, Millennially Speaking. We'll be back next week.